J.K. Dobbins still has yet to hit the field for the Baltimore Ravens over a week into 2023 training camp. We talk about if it's time to worry about the whole situation and so much more coming up next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I am here with you, your host, Kevin Allstriker of Ravens Wire, and we're on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for being here. As always, making it your first listen each and every day, or free and available all podcasting platforms. That includes over in video form on YouTube, and we are a five-day week Ravens podcast. So any Ravens news, analysis, updates, training camp, preseason, regular season, we have it for you five days Per week, again, it is free, so no money involved. And if you're an everyday or it's your first time listening to the show, if you're somewhere in between, I really appreciate all the support. And tell a friend, tell a family member we're here for them, giving you the best day of the Ravens content. And here today, we, I want to talk about J.K. Dobbins. I know we've kind of talked about the entire situation going on between him and the Baltimore Ravens throughout the course of the 2023 offseason. It's just, it's taken so many weird twists and turns, and I want to kind of get into it. It's time to worry about the situation. We heard from John Harbaugh yesterday about it again, and, and the storyline is not going away anytime soon until Dobbins is either out there or we just get more clarity in general. So we'll talk about that in the first part of the show. Then I want to get into what happened during training camp on Wednesday. We'll dive into the latest training camp updates, injuries, and more than finally, we'll talk a bit about cornerback concerns, at least on, on my side of things. And then what Steve Saunders had to say, old friend, not really a friend, but old friend Steve Saunders talking on the Ross Tucker football podcast about his time in Baltimore. So we'll get into all of that then. So let, let's dive into J.K. Dobbins again. For those who might not know, J.K. Dobbins has not practiced so far throughout the course of 2023 training camp. It has now been over a week. Also did not participate during mandatory minicamp now he's there like he's at training camp and he was at mandatory minicamp but didn't put the pads on uh, hasn't been out there on the field then uh, during minicamp we didn't really know and then there were the reports of a hold in jk dobbins tweeted out a couple of things it was about a month ago at this point about how he loves the city of baltimore he never wants to leave the ravens and then there were some some reports about how he was unhappy with the contract negotiations that were going on with the Ravens again. None of this has been confirmed, but it's it's been reported. So now we get to 2023 training camp, and Dobbins again. He's there. He's reported, but is not practiced. He's been out on the field a couple of times, but obviously not practicing. Practicing, just you know, standing on the sideline. And it's just it's added to this whole. I don't even know what to call it. It, it is intrigue in a way, but it's just like what what the heck's going on here because. We really don't know why J.K. is missing this time. I think it's important for him to be out there. Now, if this is truly injury-related and he's working back from the injury and still doesn't feel comfortable on the knee, again, that injury was really brutal. He opened up about it last season. Wasn't wasn't just an ACL. He ended up tearing multiple ligaments in that knee, had to work back, had the cleanup surgery after initially coming back. If it's truly injury or load management, then okay, that you know that's that's fine. But it just it doesn't feel like that. 
from the tone we've been getting from John Harbaugh and some of the other reports, and even what we heard from his new teammate, Melvin Gordon, who essentially said that JK is sitting out. John Harbaugh talked to the media on Wednesday and he was asked about JK Dobbins. You know, the media is curious about when the whole thing becomes a concern. And John Harbaugh, when asked about him, said, quote, you know, I don't know. It's a fair question. And there is a point in time when it does become a concern because he knows. And JK and I talked last night. We talked a lot. He wants to be out there and he needs to be out there just like any player does. Other than that, there's nothing else I can really add. I don't know when he's going to come back, but I know I'm going to be really happy when he does. And then he was also asked about what he's missing out there with JK at training camp. And John Harbaugh said, quote, well, you miss JK, the player you want him out there. He's a great player. And it's just one less great player we have out there. So, I mean, I don't know. I feel like there's just something going on behind the scenes that has not been either reported or put out there. Obviously, I don't think John Harbaugh wants to dive too deep into it. But just by the, the tone he's using, by the, the phrases, it feels like it's something that's not quite injury related. Well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't necessarily say that. I I think it's something that's not necessarily injury related in terms of, well, he's still working back from the knee or, you know, he still might not feel comfortable like a hundred percent. Maybe it is. I don't know, but what it feels like to me, and there, but there have been a couple of, I don't even know what you want to call them conspiracies on why Dobbins isn't out there. One of them is that obviously contract wise, the situation with him is look, he's a free agent after this season. And I feel like, if there is a guy who would maybe want long-term security, it would be Dobbins. And I wouldn't blame him. Now I've, I've gone on record and I've said, I just don't feel like Dobbins has a ton of leverage and his value really isn't super high right now compared to what it could be. And what, what I mean by that is look, we, we know the situation with JK, right? He missed the entire 2021 season, came back in 2022. I had to go back under the knife. As I talked about the thing with him is, well, at this point, there are questions about his health. Whether it's fair or not, some people argue it is, and people argue it isn't. There are those questions about J.K.'s health and whether he can stay healthy for a full 17-game season post-injury. And I just don't think that that's where Dobbins can make his money in terms of his value being super high. I feel like if he has a great year in 2023 and he ends up rushing for 1,000 yards, scoring 8, 10 touchdowns, the contract he's he gets then is going to be far substantial, far more substantial than what he would be getting right now at this point in time. And again, you have to weigh long-term security now versus risking it and hopefully getting through a full 17-game season again. How likely is that? But another thing I've seen is that maybe Dobbins and, oh, no, we've talked about this with Spencer Schultz, Cordero Woodland, but maybe it feels like Dobbins is just kind of waiting until week one because he doesn't want to risk another injury in training camp and then have that whole thing either happen again or have to miss time early in the season. Maybe he's just waiting until the very end of training camp slash preseason to get back on the field. But the thing then is that he has to learn the offense. Like he's obviously doing the work and hopefully, you know, doing the work and learning everything he can while he's not actually practicing on the field. But I will say it is important that players do get reps again, not at the expense of an injury or putting a guy out there at 60%, 75% and risking something happening at the expense of reps. But I just think that maybe if he comes back a week or two before training camp ends, week, week two before the preseason ends, what does that mean for his workload to start the season? Because I've been on here and I've said that I expect this year, if everything were to just be, I guess, normal, this would be more of JK's backfield where you're not eliminating Gus Edwards. You're not eliminating Justice Hill, et cetera. 
but it's felt like there's been a pretty even split over the time that JK and Gus Edwards have shared the field together. I feel like this year it would be, well, JK is definitely more of the one a, and then Gus Edwards is more of the one B and that's a pretty good bad. That's a good one. A one B tandem to have, but if Dobbins isn't out there right now, and he continues not to be out there until again, a couple weeks before the season starts, I, I just don't really know if that means the Ravens aren't going to feel comfortable putting him out there for what would what what would have been his full workload at the start of the season if he was on the field now. So I just I'm it's tough. I'm not going to say it's time to worry yet, but with each day that passes, I I do get more and more concerned. I just honestly have I have no clue what's happening, and, and a lot of other people don't. I mean, I, I think the closest thing we have is literally what Melvin Gordon said, where he said he's you know he's sitting out. He didn't know till he got here that he was sitting out, and that you don't even make it a headline unless it's in Indianapolis with Jonathan Taylor. Essentially, is what that quote was that he told in the Baltimore Banner. So I think Melvin Gordon, whether on purpose or not spilled the beans about J.K. Dobbins, about him sitting out. And again, if that is the case, I wonder if this is just J.K. partially being upset about the contract situation and partially wanting to wait it out to, I guess, assure that there's not going to be an injury in training camp. But I don't know. I just I don't know how big of a risk the knee is for him re-injuring it, whether it's in training camp or the regular season. If, if the knee is that much of a risk, I mean, look, any rep that you don't take, I guess, decreases the chance of an injury. But in the regular season, like once you start getting out there and playing football, anything can happen. So Dobbins is an, an extremely valuable player to the Ravens. I don't expect him back in Baltimore in 2024. And that was the case before this whole thing happened. I mean, I just, the Ravens don't historically pay running backs. It's been very rare cases like they extended Gus Edwards, but that was a super small deal compared to what running backs are asking for now. And I expect Dobbins to have a big season. And I just, I don't expect the Ravens to match his asking price. There's a pretty strong running back class coming up in 2024. I would love Dobbins to stay. I think he's a really good player. I think he has a really good competitive spirit. But unfortunately, I just don't see it in the cards. And this whole situation just makes the, the whole thing between Baltimore and Dobbins. The, the, the waters are just so murky. It's so cloudy right now. So hopefully he returns to practice soon. Hopefully he returns today. Or hopefully by the time we're listening to this, he's back on the field. But for now, I would say don't hit the hit, don't hit the panic button just yet. But my, my concern and my worry does grow every day. He's not out there. But coming up in the second part of the show, we'll dive into the latest training camp updates from Wednesday who impressed, who didn't, who got injured, and much more. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. And these days, every new potential hire can really feel like a high-stakes wager almost for your small business. You want to always be 100% certain you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. And there have been so many people I know, myself included, honestly, who have really been helped out a ton by LinkedIn, whether it's for finding a job, finding people for jobs that they're hiring for. A lot of people have had a lot of positive experiences with LinkedIn. And it's super easy to create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs. All you have to do is add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile. You can spread the word that you're hiring that way. They have a ton of simple tools you can use, like screening questions to make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. And it's really important to start the year strong. And if you have the right team member, 
they might be able to help you do that. It's why small business rate landing jobs number one. They're delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. Landing jobs is find the qualified candidates you want to talk to fast about your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL. Last LinkedIn.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. We're back here. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens here on Thursday. Kevin O'Shaker still here with you as we get closer and closer to the preseason. We're coming up on it. It's super exciting here. And of course, we'll be covering that over here on Locked On. Ravens will be doing live instant reactions to that game. So again, breakout stars from the game, who impressed, who didn't, winners and losers. Be sure to stay tuned for that. Turn notifications on too for our live streams. We'll go live after every game. So preseason, regular season, hopefully some postseason, and hopefully the Super Bowl. And also after every big move the Ravens make. So if they're a big signing, a big trade, big piece of news, we go on live for that. And those will be available after the fact in audio form. So you're not missing out if you're an audio listener. But let's get into the latest training camp updates from Wednesday. And again, we have a lot of good people out there covering training camp. Kyle Barber of, of Baltimore Beatdown does a great job. And he, he laid out the absences for Baltimore. Odo Beckham did not participate Felt like this was a, an off day for him. Geno Stone with the ankle did not participate. David Ajabo, who went down with an injury. And then Michael Pierce ended up not participating as well. And then guys who also weren't out there is the, the PUP guys, J.K. Dobbins, Patrick Ricardo, Shaw Bateman, and the NFI guys, Andrew Voorhees, Tyus Bowser, Trayvon Mullen, and also Nick Moore. And it wasn't a padded practice for Baltimore today. Kevon Seymour, the first guy to successfully defend Zay Flowers, according to Kyle. He said he won two reps, but Zay Flowers also run a rep. Kyle said that Nelson Aguilar also had a great day. He beat Ardarius Washington twice. And Aguilar also beat Marlon Humphrey. <laughs> Aguilar has been this insane guy for them in training camp so far. Arthur Marlette, their new signing they signed over from Pittsburgh, had an interception during one-on-ones, which was great. Kyle Hamilton won a rep against Mark Andrews. Sark Black's been impressing. He, he's had a couple of good reps over the course of training camp. A couple of, He's been stacking some good days as well. Had a couple of nice plays, one over Jamie Lucian, another over Jalen Armour Davis. Dora Worley with some physicality. James Perchet made a play. Michael Pierce, oh, okay, Kyle said that Michael Pierce actually is on the field wearing his jersey, so wasn't in the attendance for Kyle originally, but then actually I think got back on the field, which was great for him. And also, Delshawn Phillips had an interception. It was the second time in two days he had an interception yesterday and an interception on Tuesday as well. And again, Arthur Millette seemed to have a pretty good day. Now, the key thing here, an injury we'll talk about, and we'll get into this in a couple minutes as well in a little more detail, but Rocky has seen appeared to suffer an injury during one-on-ones. Trenton Simpson and Kai Blue Kelly also got banged up, but both guys stayed right on the sideline during practice. And then Jonas Schaefer, the Baltimore banner, always has great insight and great little notes here. There was an interception that actually bounced off of Nelson Aguilar's hands into Marlon Humphrey's hands, so that might have been the, the one blemish on Nelson Aguilar, but Lamar Jackson was extremely sharp. Jonas said, and you know, by all accounts, he had his best day of training camp yesterday. Jonas said there was clear velocity on all of Jackson's throws and unofficially was 22 of 31 with a touchdown in that interception that was off of Aguilar and Jackson actually completed 16 of his first 18 passes, including 11 straight. Now, most of the passes from the offense were shortened underneath on Wednesday, but the offense Jonas said was generally sharp on the day. Aguilar had an excellent day. Justin Tucker was 15 for 15, the greatest of all time right there. He's doing his thing. Mark Andrews, the most receptions on the first team offense, which not surprising eight of them in 11 on 11 and, and seven on seven drills. 
Talking about the defense, Jonas said that, again, Humphrey had the interception, and it was actually Lamar's first interception since early in training camp. I mentioned Delshawn Phillips had another interception, his second in two days. Arthur Millette had a couple of nice plays. Then you also had Travis Jones had a good rush up the middle and deflected a pass in 11-on-11s. Now, one-on-ones, Zay Flowers actually went three for four against Kevon Seymour. And Kevon Seymour, he jams Zay Flowers at the line and stopped him on the route altogether. So I know there's been there's been some concern about it. Zay Flowers physical enough to play in the NFL. Is he big enough to play in the NFL? But look, Zay's going to be a problem. I, I have no doubt about that, even if he loses a rep or two with how dominant he's been over the course of training camp here. I mentioned Tariq Black. He won all three of his matchups on one-on-ones. Aguilar on both of his matchups. And actually, Patrick McCary had a really nice rep, according to Jonas Stonewalling Tavius Robinson, which was good. Angelo Blackson, a defensive tackle veteran guy, the Ravens signed, had a really good rep where he blew past Tashawn Manning's pads right off the line. Sam Mustafer was beaten by Travis Jones. Sam Mustafer might be the biggest loser of Ravens training camp, unfortunately. I, you know, I, I never want to wish anybody being a loser here, but Sam Mustafer, I think, has really struggled during Ravens training camp. I, I wasn't really a fan of the signing when it happened and doesn't really feel like he's going to make the roster at this point, but we'll see. You know, I'm not, I'm not counting anybody out till everything is done and we get to cut down day. Adafi Owe and Salah split their two reps. So one for two for both those guys. And Ronnie Stanley, Morgan Moses, Kevin Zeitler, and Tyra Linderbaum actually did not participate in the one-on-ones. And the Ravens actually did have a dust-up, their, their first scuffle of training camp. Apparently the Ravens with Patrick Queen and John Simpson they had to get peeled off of each other down below in a pile. And apparently it got broken up pretty quickly. John Harbaugh played Peacemaker, but, you know, we'll see what happens there. But the Rocky Yassin thing is big. He left practice about 45 minutes in, according to Jess Rebick at The Athletic. Appeared to sustain a leg injury while matching up with Shamar Bridges on one-on-ones. And he ended up limping to the training room. Now, when talking to the media, John Harbaugh said initially it doesn't feel like it's anything serious. But he said, let's wait and see what what we hear about it and they'll know more once they get a look at it. So I guess it's, it's good that John Harbaugh said initially it's nothing serious. Now, again, that's not the be all end all. He said, just wait and see that he didn't commit to it not being serious, but it kind of goes hand in hand with what I want to talk about in the final segment with the cornerback concerns. But if Rakassian misses, has to miss regular season time because of it, again, hopefully I'm, I'm really hoping it's nothing serious. The corner room already is a concern of mine with everybody healthy outside of Marlon Humphrey, obviously, but it's just, it's a room that I think worries me a little bit. And we'll talk about that coming up in a, in a couple minutes, but Yassine is the signing they essentially made to replace Marcus Peters. I think he fits Baltimore's defensive system a little bit better than Marcus Peters did in terms of physicality and, and what he brings, but it's apparently been a struggle for Yassine anyway in training camp. So obviously you, you don't want him to be injured, right? You want him to be healthy, but we'll see. We'll get more information on it, I'm sure, maybe today, maybe tomorrow as we head into the weekend. But I am hoping that Yassine is going to be all right and hopefully it's just back on the field as soon as possible. But coming up in the final part of the show, we'll be diving into the cornerback concerns that I have. We'll break it down a little bit, talk about Steve Saunders and what he had to say on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast about the Ravens and much more coming up next year on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, and I'm a big fantasy guy, whether it's just season-long leagues or dynasty, I'm everywhere. I have a ton of leagues, and if you want a good fantasy experience, Underdog is the easiest place to play fantasy football and also the best place for best ball, and August is here, and you know what that means, the official start of fantasy football drafting month, so get championship ready for your home league by trying out best ball 
all in underdog fantasy. All you have to do is one live snake draft, no waivers, no trades. Underdog sets your best lineup every single week. Best Ball Mania 4 is the largest fantasy football tournament ever. And try it out with Underdog's Best Ball Mania tournament. The largest fantasy football contest of all time is back and even bigger with $15 million of total prizes up for grabs, including an absurd $3 million going to the winner. Last year, the winner drafted the team in July, so don't wait around. Visit underdogfantasy.com or find them in the App Store and sign up with promo code Locked On to get your first deposit doubled up to $100. It's Underdog Fantasy promo code Locked On. We're back here. Our final segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with you on this Thursday. I appreciate everybody who's with me still making us your first listen each and every day here on Locked On Ravens. I'm really excited to continue covering this team heading into the season, right? It's crazy. And again, we're coming up very soon, actually, on my four-year anniversary of hosting this show. When I started, I always say it. Took over in 2019, and uh, that was Lamar's MVP season. So I guess that was the good luck charm, right? I'm open to bring some good luck to the team this year too but let's talk about the corner room because I think they're going to need some luck this year I'm taking Marlon Humphrey out of this equation because Marlon Humphrey is Marlon Humphrey he's just so good to me and I've said this and I know others have too he is the most important player on the Ravens not named Lamar Jackson again Lamar's the most important guy don't get me wrong but if you had to pick a guy not named Lamar Jackson as the most important player, you could argue for guys like Mark Andrews and Ronnie Stanley and, you know, Roquan Smith, some of those guys. But Marlon Humphrey, to me, 100% is my pick because of the room below him. I mentioned Rocky Esteem. We don't know the injury situation at the time of this recording. We'll see what it is. But even so, as I mentioned in the second segment, he's been struggling. He's been adjusting early on. So, Hopefully he's able to get there before the start of the regular season. There is still time. We're in early August right now. But again, it's just hopefully hopefully he gets there. I'll say that. But then even below Yassine, like even if Yassine pans out, which I do still have hope in Yassine, you know, a week of training camp practice, a new team, there's still a lot for Yassine to figure out, and I think he'll do it. But below Yassine, it's again, you're trusting a lot of this unproven talent. I mean, Arthur Millette is your most proven guy who you, you just signed about a week ago at this point. And he's someone who struggled in Pittsburgh from a coverage standpoint is much more of a run stuffer, but maybe he finds it in Baltimore. Maybe it's just what he needed. He needed to change the scenery and this AFC North team will be better than his last AFC North team made a couple plays in Pittsburgh. I won't, I won't say he was terrible, terrible, but I think when you look around the league at some of the guys the Ravens could assign, I, I'm I'm I think I was much more in favor of Bryce Callahan as opposed to Malapa. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. But then it's it's Jalen Armour Davis, it's Pepe Williams, it's Ardarius Washington, Kyle Blue Kelly, Trayvon Mullen, Brandon Stevens, depending on if you play safety or corner. It's it's just so unproven and in a league, let alone a conference, let alone a division where you need to have multiple good corners. Humphrey is Humphrey, and you know you're going to get locked down play from him every single week, unless unless he has a bad game, which everybody does. But Humphrey, for the most part, is going to be your lockdown, stud, star, number one corner. But it can't just be one guy, right? It, it can't be. You have to have Yassine play well. And then you have to have at least, at least one, at the very, very, very minimum, at least one guy that can step in and play in your third corner role because – with that, those trios, as we've talked about in this division, Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. In Cleveland, you have Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, and Elijah Moore. In Pittsburgh, you have Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, and Allen Robinson. Now, 
the the Bengals trio scares me a lot more than the other two, right? But again, you just you need to have more than one guy. Humphrey can give you his. He'll he'll go get his. He'll go make his plays. But to me, I would I don't know. I feel like Baltimore is gonna make a trade for a corner at the deadline. There might be an injury or two. But we we know the story. It's not just the rate. It's honestly across the league. But we know the story with the Ravens and corners. It's a tale as old as time. They start the year with 50 million healthy corners and they end the year with two. So by that logic, there's bound to be a couple injuries. Hopefully not. Hopefully this is maybe a a trend changing year, but I don't know. I would trade a first for Jair Alexander. I would pair Mullen. Jair Alexander is my, my absolutely dream. Like he's my absolute dream trade target for this team. I don't think they do it. I mean, I if the Ravens can somehow pull off like a second and a fourth for Jair, I'd do that in a heartbeat. I don't think it happens. But I think the Ravens will make a trade or honestly might need to make a trade for just a corner two. So you can have a three a three cornerback rotation you at least feel comfortable in, and then that puts less pressure on the young guys in high leverage situations early on. There's always an argument about taking away snaps from young guys. Like if you, if you put – too many veterans out there. How are these guys going to develop? I, I mean, I still think there's there's time for them to develop, but the way this team is constructed right now, th- they're built to win now. And that doesn't mean they can only win this year. And after this year, they're going to be terrible for 15 years. That's not how it is. The Ravens have been consistently good and they're, they're going to be in win now mode for a while now, but they're in win now mode now. Like, like you got to maximize the window. So I would hope Baltimore makes a move at the cornerback position. I I compare it. I've compared it to the wide receiver position last year, where again, Marlon Humphrey's Marlon Humphrey. They did not have a Marlon Humphrey in the wide receiver room in 2022, but essentially trusting a bunch of young guys with not a lot of proven depth. And again, they didn't have a Humphrey in that room in 2022 wide receiver wise, but essentially they, they, they signed Sammy Watkins in 2021, they go sign to Marcus Robinson in 2022 for the corner room. This year, they signed Rock Yassin. And to, to, to be fair, I, I think Rock Yassin is a better corner than at that point, Sammy Watkins or Marcus and Rob, Demarcus Robinson was as a wide receiver. But I don't know. I, I have concerns about the corner room. They, 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 I don't know. They still have a needed edge too. Like I, I could definitely see him adding an edge as well. So I just, I don't know. I still think edge is the bigger need at this point, but corner I think is going to become a bigger need, but hopefully preseason proves me wrong there. And a couple guys step up and they'll, they'll just be able to run with what they have, but I'm just, I'm not as confident in that quickly though. Steve Saunders ended up talking on the Ross Tucker football podcast about his time in Baltimore. And obviously we know how that ended and honestly how it went. Saunders honestly should have been let go a couple of years ago. Sometimes we do know the Ravens are, pretty loyal, sometimes overly loyal to their guys. And, you know, loyalty is a good thing. Don't get me wrong. But again, sometimes the Ravens can be a, a little over loyal. I think that was the case with Steve Saunders. Saunders ended up talking a lot of, a lot about his time in Baltimore. And actually there was a really interesting quote that made the rounds about how he said he tortured John Harbaugh six days a week, trained him and that he trained like the players. And in Steve Saunders mind, there's no doubt that pound for pound, he's the strongest head coach in the NFL. So if, if Harbaugh trained like the players, I mean, that th- that is something else. Saunders hit, you know, the injury situation in Baltimore, a lot of it is chalked up to Saunders and his training regimen. We've heard current Ravens, former Ravens kind of express their displeasure. And we, we all know about F minus it's Q's favorite term. The, the Ravens will honestly, every team, every team in the NFL was able to voice their 
opinions on a couple different matters. I, I can't remember who ran the survey. I apologize, but essentially the Raven strength coaches got an F minus, which I always say, I can't believe like an F minus is not a real grade. Like it's F and that's failing. Like the Ravens got a below failing grade on their strength and conditioning coaches or strength coaches, which essentially was Saunders. It came back to Saunders. So I don't know what happens from here with the Ravens strength program. I know they've been making adjustments. The Ravens have actually not been too unlucky with injuries so far. Again, Rock Cassian will figure it out, but it's been Geno Stone, David Ajabo, Trenton Simpson went down as well, but he ended up returning. Guy Blue Kelly also, same thing yesterday. But again, I think that subtracting Saunders is, is an addition by subtraction. And I don't know if, if you want to listen to the full thing of, of what Saunders had to say, it's on the Ross Tucker football podcast. You can go check it out over there, but that's all I have for you here today on Lockdown Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in today as we are getting close to the regular season again, coming up tomorrow on the show, we'll be diving into more Ravens content, rounding out the week here. So be sure to stay tuned. Plenty to talk about on Lockdown Ravens. I'll see you right back here tomorrow.